Hi, everybody. Welcome to Beyond the Barrels. This is episode 16, if I'm remembering correctly. I am Matt Allred, the internal communications manager here at UDOT, and we are glad you're with us. I'm glad you keep tuning in. Um, like I said last week, we'll keep doing this until the mob shows up and tells us to stop. So, Otherwise, we love what we're doing. We love the ability we have to uh, talk to some of our awesome employees and find out really what's going on across the department. So today across the table from me is Lisa Miller. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good. Um, Lisa wears many hats here at the department. She's over at the TOC, the Traffic Operations Center. Um, a couple of titles. We're, we have a working title for today, but you are the Outreach and Growth Manager for the Transportation Technology Group. Correct. Right. That's kind of a new... Um, a new role for you, but you have been and you continue to be a traveler information manager. manager. There right. we go. What does that mean to be a traveler information manager? So the Traffic Operations Center is a component of the UDOT Traffic Management Division. Okay. And we have a lot of very exciting data that comes in from field detectors and partnerships that we have with data providers. And all of that helps us to create a picture of what's going on on the roadways, whether it's winter weather coming in, a vehicle crash, a special event, which is uh, what we're going to be talking about today, or a variety of other things that could cause people delay on our roads. And the Traveler Information Manager position kind of congeals all of that info together makes sure that we have accurate, reliable, and timely info that can go out to the traveling public, to our partners, to the trucking community, anybody who needs info to make route choices and better choices as far as what time to leave your house in the morning or leave your office in the afternoon. And um, I work very closely with Corey Coulomb, who's our control room manager, and his folks who are at the TOC 24-7-360. They are. And if you have ever called the TOC, I have called them at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning uh, to report something on the road or a stoplight. I've, I've been at a traffic signal that was out, and, and there are always operators there. So if you yes. need them, we will... Uh, We'll give you the number at the end here, too. I'm very glad that you're driving around at 2 or 3 in the morning well, you and know, checking sometimes. the system. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. I just... <laughs> that's good. I want to make sure people are safe. So you bleed orange, I Matt. bleed orange, exactly. Well, tell me about you. Um, how long have you been here at the department? What did you do before? Tell me about your family, all that kind of stuff. I've been at UDOT for almost eight years, and it's been fantastic. Uh, prior to moving to Utah and working at UDOT, I worked in the Midwest as... A program manager for a consulting firm, and I worked with a variety of departments of transportation there, and um, none of them were nearly as innovative or exciting as UDOT, so this is a great place to work, and there's a lot of fun things that we get to do here. I am a Harley rider. Yes, um, My husband and I really love to um, get out on the open road and enjoy the freedom and um, the the wind blowing through our um, helmeted hair hair under helmets of course <laughs> Good. Um, we've been to the Sturgis motorcycle rally a number of times and have made some lifelong friends up there it's been great um, I, was, I thought you were going to say life-altering decisions no <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the rally is fantastic everyone that goes up there just loves to ride and the scenery is beautiful if you've been to the Black Hills area but we love to hike also. Um, my husband is a geologist, so whenever we go out hiking in Red Rock Country, 
in Utah um, and enjoy the beautiful scenery. I always have questions for him about uh, topography and landscape and that sort of thing. And when we're not hiking or motorcycle riding or traveling, um, we're volunteering with our shelter beagle named Benny. Um, he's a registered therapy animal. He's not a service dog or anything like that. So he goes into hospitals, nursing homes, memory care facilities, and the airport. Kids read to him at the library. And our cat just uh, became certified as a therapy cat wow. also. So he walks on a leash and everybody thinks it's pretty great. So. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know cats would allow us to train them to be therapy Yeah, animals. he cooperates about 60% of the time, which is way more than a normal yeah, cat. Yeah, way more so. than normal cats. That's awesome. Uh, I've, I've been trying to ask this more. Uh, favorite memory or favorite experience here at UDOT? Narrowing it down to one, I think, is going to be pretty hard. So... A few years ago, the Traffic Management Division leadership team went on a Mighty Five trip, and it was fantastic. We really understood that there was a growing need for more collaboration with our national parks and um, Dinosaur National Monument, uh, Bryce Canyon, uh, Capitol Reef, certainly Zion um, Arches and Canyonlands. Their traffic volumes are really growing, and especially in the Moab area, there is a possibility for traffic crashes near the entrance to those parks when the parks fill up and there's nowhere for cars to be waiting. So that was a really great memory. It was a great team building opportunity uh, with the traffic management division leadership group. And we were able to have face-to-face conversations with our region folks, which um, we really should do that more often. But of course, it always ends up being something that we hope to do, but we get too busy and other things kind of fill the fill the time. But it was a it was a wonderful trip. We got to see the beautiful scenery of Utah while we were driving to these locations. So today, um, <clears throat> to jump over to what we're actually here to talk about is uh, traffic management. But we're going to be pretty specific here. We're going to talk about traffic management around big events. Is that right? Correct. And what what does that mean? Like, what what is a big event? Give me an example of of a big event that we step in and help with traffic management. So the Traffic Operations Center, we already mentioned, is 24-7, 365. And any moment in time, we could have a big event on our roadways. And typically, what we're focusing on is the real time, what's happening now out on the roadways. And unfortunately, this summer, we've had quite a few uh, wildfires that have uh, closed roads for periods of time. We've also had um, a a large number of fatal crashes on our roadways, which uh, just breaks my heart. And it's we're in the midst of the 100 deadliest days. We we all have to do our part on that. Um, I'll get off of my soapbox now and go back to special events. But um, so we're we're very much a real time environment at the Traffic Operations Center. But special events are something that is a little outside of the norm there because there's usually a lot of planning and coordination that has to go into the special event to make sure that it flows smoothly. So when we talk about special events, we're talking about um, Stadium of Fire. Right. Or a University of Utah football game. Exactly. I have a long list here. (laughs) I'll read you the list. So events up at the U, football games, concerts, BYU, the Stadium of Fire football games, uh, especially Hill Air Force Base, 
USANA Concerts, the Salt Lake Bees Stadium, the Vivint Stadium downtown, Temple Square Holiday Lighting, General Conference, even shopping at uh, shopping centers on Black Friday. Um, We also assist with fireworks uh, displays all over the valley, um, the Royale Stadium, uh, St. George Ironman, events in Park City, ski season, marathons, relay races, and this is a mouthful. We are gearing up right now for the Transcontinental Railroad Sesquicentennial. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Say that five times. That's fast. the two. That's the two hundred and fifty year anniversary. Yeah, is that it's. That is? Um, I believe it's the hundred and fifty. Yes. Golden Spike, yeah. and we think there's just going to be a lot of traffic heading that direction, and um, the solar eclipse that we had uh, last um, last year that was just incredible, and we had. Um, Millions of travelers that were heading uh, that direction, and uh, we really wanted to make sure that things flowed smoothly. So special events is something where we are alerted to an event. Sometimes we have one of our traveler information specialists um, at the TOC who are actively searching for events to make sure that we're not caught off guard and we know what's happening. And once we find out about them or once we are involved in planning meetings, then the real fun work starts and all of the uh, ability for us to impact the event in a positive way kind of jumps into full, full, full steam ahead. Well, and I and there's there's regulars, right? Like I think we probably understand what a plan looks like for a BYU football game or for uh, something up at the U or something at USANA. But it's these it's the Ironmans and it's the Tour to Utah and all these things that jump out, which kind of really put your team into a. It's fun for them to see. Okay, how do we plan around this? Yeah, how do we do it? Exactly, and we do have a lot of recurring events, but we always go back and say what went well last year. What do we need to improve upon? And just to give you an idea, we had 62 event plans, uh, special event plans, just last year. And keeping in mind that a lot of those are multiple day events, um, it's something that we're really engaged in. And we can see the positive impact in the numbers. And it's something that um, we're, we're going to keep working on. Well, and if you think about 62, <clears throat> excuse me, 62 is one a week. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's more than one a week, and so your team really is on top of it when, um, when it comes to this. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's um, the the TOC is a statewide traffic operations center, so we don't only focus on events on the Wasatch Front. Um, we are involved with uh, in, in information and events that are going on in Moab and in Saint George and Logan. And um, pretty much um, throughout the Intermountain West, really. I mean, when we have football games in Las Vegas, where everyone is heading from Salt Lake area down to, to a bowl game or something. Exactly. Yeah. Or up to Idaho to a, to a bowl game. Um, well, we yeah. even do it on big holiday weekends. I mean, that mm-hmm. that it's not technically a special event, but it but we treat it the same. So, so when we talk about statewide, uh, the TOC kind of controls things statewide. Uh, let's talk about really some of the specifics and, and, and not necessarily how we control it statewide, but let's talk about signals. Cause that's one of the things that we, that I always think of a statewide uh, influence that we have is on signals, but how do signals work into our, our event management and how we control traffic? Signals are a very large component. Um, and I'll give you a quiz, Matt. Let's see if you know these updated right. numbers. Um, how many signals do we have in the state of Utah? Total in the system. Total. Oh, Not gosh. only UDOT, but municipality-owned, non-UDOT as well. 
are you going to give me a multiple choice? I'll give you choice? the number. Oh, oh <laughs> do you want a multiple choice? No, okay. I, 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 I'm just going to guess. Uh, greater than 2,000 or less than 2,000? Greater than, for sure. Just Maybe. slightly. We have 2,102 signals in the state of Utah. And does that include, like, is, is a signal, do we consider that to be the intersection? Or is that, like, if there's an intersection, is it all four posts? How do we... Good question. So that is signalized intersections in the state of Utah. So just over 2,000. Right. So about 1,200 of those, 1,229 of those, are UDOT-owned signals. Meaning it's on a state route. Correct. The other non-UDOT-owned, there's 873. And this is something that is really exciting, and all UDOT employees should be proud of this. We have 97% connectivity to UDOT-owned signals throughout the entire state. I mean, that's almost unheard of. And in special events, especially, it allows us to be very nimble and it allows us to make uh, signal timing changes kind of on the fly or pedestrian movements. If we have a lot of people that are walking from a parking area to the event, we can jump in in near real time. I mean, it takes about maybe 30 seconds or so for our operators or our signal folks at the TOC to put a change into the plan and get that out into the field. But um, it's something that's really amazing. And it's something that our signals group at the traffic management division has worked very hard to get. We are really excited to get to 100% connectivity. And we think that's not far off. Well, and it's, it's, I've, I've seen this happen real time too. We were I don't know, a year or two ago, and we did a Talking Orange about this, and we'll put the link at the end. We did a Talking Orange about uh, traffic management at, at our big events, and it was fun to be there real time as Lisa gets on the walkie-talkie and calls the Traffic Operations Center and says, okay, it's time for the uh, pedestrian uh, intersection, and everything goes to blinking. It becomes this pedestrian mm-hmm. thing. Um, one of the things that I've always, when we talk about signals, we talk about big events, um, I love the phrase. It's the green flush. Mm -hmm. Tell me what the green flush is and what that means. Sure. So we have flush plans and uh, we call them the green flush or the flush plan because we have the ability when we know that an event is almost going to be over, like the stadium of fire or a U football game. And usually we have someone in the command post at the stadium or for BYU events, we have someone that's at the um, Orem Public Works actively working with other event managers and coordinating all aspects of the, of the event. So if it's maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes before the end of the game or before the concert, we will start really going into action and we'll say, okay, put the outbound plans in now or the flush plans. And 240 seconds really doesn't sound like a lot of time. So this is what we adjust our green lights to is 240 seconds. But it is really amazing when you can see um, hundreds and hundreds of cars leaving and they're all flowing well. It's it's kind of a moment of pride when we can see that happen. And um, that's definitely one of the things that we focus on the most. But when you really think about it, when you decide we're going to go to this special event, whether it's Hill Air Force Base or the University of Utah or um, uh, up in Logan, if you go to an event up there, you think to yourself, should I really drive there? And should I really park near campus or near the event? Because it's going to be harder than heck to get out of there. And it's going to be a nightmare and it's going to be stressful. I'm just not even going to go. That is a big economic impact. When we have 
residents of the state of Utah that are really excited about going to an event, we want them to be able to get in and out efficiently because that means that they're going to be more likely to go in the future. But it also means that they, they can get where they're going safer, which is a huge component for us. We don't want people to get um, into crashes if they're going to be running red lights because they're going to be frustrated that they're not getting enough green time. So it's it's a pretty big component. So when does UDOT start to take over the parking lots? Because... <laughs> Because I've, I've never had an issue, you know, I'm a big Utah fan, I love Utah football, I've never had an issue getting off of campus, mm-hmm. it's just out of the parking lot. So. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> definitely go time when the event is the day of, of course. but especially with the University of Utah, um, honestly, we could probably handle a majority of what we do for a special event from the Traffic Operations Center. Which is crazy. But... The event organizers up at the University of Utah especially, um, that's the one that I personally have the most involvement with, Um, they're really focused very much on an excellent visitor experience. And that is um, well into play when you're ordering your tickets, when you're at the stadium and you don't know where to go to the the first aid booth or where the churro stand is or something like that. Um, So the University of Utah especially will invite us up in the middle of the summer before football season starts, and they will talk to us about the previous year. And they will say, from our perspective, this is what went really great, but we need your input and your advice on how to get our parking lots clear sooner. Or they'll talk with UTA and they'll say, well, UTA, you know, we had a lot of people that were still standing on the platform after the tracks train came through. We need another car. And then we'll go into um, engineering mode, which is uh, too too boring and dry to talk about on a podcast. <laughs> but um, I don't know. We've had some engineers in here. <laughs> if, uh, if the train is too long, then it will trip the signal and the gate arms will stay down for longer. So it's kind of a catch-22. Sure, you'll be able to get more people on the train, but um, you'll have more cars that are waiting on 5th South, yeah. for example. So it's really great that we can get in in advance and kind of have those discussions and work through those And work through those issues before before the 29th of August when game one is. And, exactly. And now we're trying to figure it out. For sure. So, and, you know, we work with uh, the law enforcement as well. And they are in a lot of situations really the boots on the ground that are telling us i think from your perspective everything went great but i was at this particular intersection and people were you know asking me from their passenger window um what does it look like on the freeway and should i take this route or should i take a different route Mm. or is it really going to take this long for me to get out of the parking lot? Because I don't live far from a tracks station. And we hear a lot of feedback from our law enforcement partners who are out there working. And um, uh, sometimes I have to bring the law enforcement folks cookies uh, up at the University of Utah. (laughs) Just to say, here's some cookies. Hey, how did it work today? Did everything go as expected out in the field? And Usually they're very forthcoming with uh, critiques and feedback, which helps us to be able to hone the entire event, not only the signals, but pre-event messaging. Of course. Um, well, which is important, I think, mm-hmm. because you get all of this information in and all this feedback from what people are actually saying on the road. Now it, now it becomes a communication plan. Um, 
Tell me about messaging. How do we get messaging out there? What kind of messaging goes out there? Is there stuff that happens during and after and all that kind of stuff? How do, where, where's the traveler information aspect of an event like this? That's a great question. <laughs> and I'm you. so glad you asked. Thank you. <laughs> so um, traveler information, uh, UDOT as a whole regarding uh, traveler information, not only for special events, but for all of our incidents on the roadway, weather events, things like that. We always aim for a high-tech, low-tech blend. We want to be active on social media. We have info on our UDOT traffic app and website. But we also have a CB radio at the TOC where um, the wildlife bridge closure that was uh, recently up Parley's, yeah. up Parley's Canyon on I-80, um, that's a really big trucking corridor. And we wanted to reach out on every possible channel. So... We just hopped on the CB radio and said, um, FYI, this is going to be going on. And those truckers carried that message for us well into Wyoming and Nebraska because the trucking community really is a kind of a close-knit community. So um, for special events, it's really kind of a multi-pronged approach. And um, in advance, if the event is going to be closing UDOT roadways for a large period of time or... Um, the Salt Lake Marathon, for example, is largely not on UDOT roads, but yeah. we still have a very big impact. Um, people that are trying to exit I-80 may get stopped and may have to turn around so we could message on the freeway with our variable message signs there. But um, every event is just a little bit different. So we typically uh, will kind of try to get info from the event organizers themselves and say, what are you guys expecting as far as ridership for transit? Do you have uh, shuttles that are going to be taking people to and from? Um, we had a golf event up in Farmington recently, and uh, it was the Utah Championship golf event. And the parking at the golf course was really very small, and they were keeping it mainly for media and VIPs. And a lot of the attendees that were going to that event had to be shuttled from a nearby um, high school parking lot. So info like that is critically important to get out in advance. And we typically do a special event alert on our UDOT traffic app and website that um, we'll, it, we don't advertise for the event. We're not, we're not allowed to do that. But we definitely will say we recommend that you exit at this specific exit and then turn left. And then after we have that info in place, we can say to our signals group, we're recommending that everybody exit here and turn left. Are you guys okay with that? And they'll come back and say, yes, thanks for telling us. We will plan for that. Or, you know, that intersection is pretty congested at 5 p.m. during rush hour. We'd recommend that you exit here and turn right instead and kind of take a different route. So um, it's kind of a, a delicate balance, but we definitely want to use multi-channels. Well, and it, it seems like there's a lot of coordination that has to happen with these local municipalities. Uh, the event organizers. I just, I think of the the marathon's probably a good example here in Salt Lake, um, or Cottonwood Heights does the big Cottonwood half and and things like that, where there's a lot of signage that goes in weeks ahead to make sure that on the day of the event people are aware and they know, hey, this road's going to be closed, and so um, it, there's a lot of coordination that goes on there. Exactly, and we certainly want to give some props to our region folks. Because um, we can't all, we can't do it all from the TOC. I mean, we have a lot of resources, but we need input from the folks that live and work in that area. And um, 
engineering judgment on paper is always an excellent way to kind of start your planning, but how it works in the field and in real time is sometimes different. And um, the traveling public, for example, um, are, are very used to habits when they're driving. And Maverick Center, for example, that's a great example. When we have big concerts at the Maverick Center, everybody always says, I'm just going to exit from 215 at 35th South. And I'm going to go east, and I'm going to be there. It'll be yeah, great. Just make a left and mm-hmm. at the concert. And we plan for that, but we always try to inform the traveling public on VMS, uh, variable message signs near that area, even on I-80 and on 201. Hey, you know, if you exit and if you head west, you're going to be able to get into those parking lots on the backside of the Maverick Center. You won't be delayed. You won't be stopped sitting in traffic on the interstate. And um, the local municipalities are really good partners when it comes to getting that info out and kind of helping us find the the local routes. And it seems like, I mean, really our job here and, well, the job at the TOC and through, you know, traffic management is really to save time, right? I mean, I, I've i been stuck in traffic. Um, it's awful. Uh, and, and we always say time is money, right? That's just a phrase that everybody talks about. Time is money. Talk about the we were talking about this a little bit earlier today, Lisa, is that um, it costs money to be stuck stuck in traffic. It does. Yeah. So I'm not an engineer. I'm going to try to do this the best possible uh, justice. But um, there's a term called user cost delay. And the Texas Transportation Institute uh, revamps the number of just how much it costs to be stuck in traffic on a fairly regular basis. Um, so think about this way. Um, some older numbers that we have uh, from, a, from a study a, a couple of years ago said that on average, um, the total cost of congestion can be attributed to each traveler. It's about $1,000 a year. Per person. Per person. Is what it's costing me to be in traffic. Correct. Or if you think about it this way, if you go to the um, gas station and get your your big gulp in the morning, or if you go to a coffee shop, you're talking about several dollars per day, per person, just from being stuck in traffic. And the uh, Texas Transportation Institute numbers for user cost delay currently is almost $20 an hour per car. And it's even higher for, for semis and for vehicles that are carrying goods and services that really need to be there on time, like a refrigerated truck carrying lettuce or something like that. And um, the bottom line is that congestion really has several effects on travelers, businesses, agencies, cities. Um, and a significant element of user cost delay is um, wasted fuel, additional time. And it's just something that well-informed travelers have the ability to minimize. Well, and part of that too is is we talk about using transit. We talk about uh, maybe arriving early or leaving late. Um, we we like to we talk about travel wise. I mean, travel wise is one of our programs here, um, but we actually like to use it as a verb to actually travel wise. Mm-hmm. And and part of that is I man, I hate being stuck in traffic as much as the next guy, um, and so. Um, you know, Joe, one of our good friends here at work, Joe lives in Davis County. He lives up in, in the Kaysville Farmington area. And Joe knows 
if he he has a window and if he misses that window he's going to be stuck in traffic absolutely and so a lot of times joe comes in a little bit later and he stays later because he knows that by quote unquote traveling wise um, he can be more productive at home or he can be more productive here at the office and um, instead of taking an hour to get home he can spend an extra half hour here at work and take a half hour to get home mm-hmm. by by traveling wise very smart. And we talked a, a minute before about drivers being um, very, their, their habits are very ingrained in them. Of course. And I think for years and years and years, our workforce in the United States has been, I get to work at nine, I leave at five. And if you have the ability to take just a little bit of liberty with your schedule and come in later and leave later like Joe does, or, or come, come in earlier and leave come earlier. In early and leave yeah. early, sure. Um, we're talking about billions with a B of gallons of wasted fuel every single year. And a number that I have from a few years ago was 2.9 billion gallons of fuel wasted just over the course of one year. This is just in the U.S. It's just in the United States. Yes, exactly. And um, for those that are statisticians out there, um, the top 14 urban areas in our country include about two-thirds of the delay um, for the entire country. And the top 20 areas account for over 75% of the annual delay. So when we're talking about um, urban Utah, you know, Salt Lake area, the Wasatch Front, there's a considerable amount of congestion there that um, we need to focus on good mobility, and that is especially important around special events, especially non-reoccurring special events, because... You football, for example. It's easy to plan for. Sure. And a lot of folks will say, you know what? I always take transit because it drops me off right at the stadium. But if you're going to a concert at UVU, for example, um, they don't have concerts as often down there. um, And the transit um, is a little bit um, more complicated. Not to say you shouldn't do it because you should definitely try and and seek out transit when you can. But um, people may just be encouraged to drive their cars and kind of park wherever they could park rather than taking front runner to a station and then grabbing a quick Uber across the road or finding out if there's a shuttle for your special event. Um, but there's always lots of options. So definitely try to plan ahead if you can. Well, yeah. And, and, and again, travel wise, um, the options are out there. The information is out there. The systems are out there. Uh, there are ways to get to and from these these events uh, with less of a headache, mm-hmm. less of a delay, uh, and 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 again, you want to get there. You're going for recreation. You're going to enjoy a concert or a game. Get there and be happy, right? right? And the last thing you want to do is 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 be frustrated and 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 you can be frustrated over the team. <laughs> Don't be frustrated over the traffic. So Matt, guess what? When I worked at the Love Loud concert at the University of Utah a couple weeks ago, a right? couple yeah. weeks ago. I got there via transit and it was phenomenal. It was so easy. It's great. And uh, we just moved to Daybreak about um, 10 months ago. I can see the tracks line from across the street from my house. And I have a transit pass from UTA um, because I'm a UDOT employee. And that's available to anybody. And it's available to anyone. And it's wonderful. You tap on and tap off. It's fantastic. And um, that's coming from an event organizer person. I'm not going to the concerts or the the games um, to spectate. 
we don't have a front row seat. So um, we kind of sit in the back and we do our traffic management thing. Um, It's still really neat to be at the event, but uh, my primary role when I'm there is traffic management. And I know that. So I thought to myself, you know, they have a reserved parking spot for me. Maybe I should just go ahead and drive. And then I thought, that's pretty silly. You know, I can contribute to um, less vehicles on the roadway. It will be less stressful for me. I won't have to worry about door dings on my car. I'll just go up there. And it was smooth sailing the whole way. It was wonderful. So I would definitely recommend it well, to anyone. And I, yeah, and I, like I said, I'm a big U fan. And, and we learned this years ago is that uh, these, these, some of these special events coordinate with UTA and with transit and, and you ride for free mm-hmm. when you're going to and from the games. And, and, uh, I realized that with my kids is it's way easier for us to jump on, on a tracks train in Murray and park at the track station and then take the train in. And if you're a Utah fan, as you're coming up the hill around the stadium, they play the Utah fight song as mm-hmm. you're coming up. So it's, it's a fun and enjoyable experience, but again, the information's out there. Um, we're going to do everything we can. The TOC is going to do everything they can to push that information out there so that getting to and from these events is, is easy. So what's new, what's on the horizon? How is this going to get better? I mean, it's pretty good right now. How does it, what, what does the future look like for us? Well, um, it's kind of exciting, actually. We are a product of our own success at the TOC. And uh, years and years ago, we would hear about an event and we would go, shoot, we didn't know about that and it's two days from now. We better really jump into action and figure out how we can help and what we can do to help. We have event organizers from every municipality, from private sector, from other states contacting us. And they'll either say, so-and-so gave me your name, and I heard that you guys worked wonders for their inbound and outbound for their special event. And their guests were happier. Um, The entire visitor experience was improved. Can you help us with that? And we love that. So um, I know Brad Palmer was one of your guests recently. He came and talked about data Mm -hmm. with us. He and And Brad. Yes. Yep. And Brad Palmer reached out to us and said, hey, you guys, they're doing this open house at this new practice stadium. Um, it's Zions Bank uh, Stadium. It's out in, is it the one in Harriman? It is. So yeah. it's off of Mountain View Corridor. And they said, we are expecting a sellout crowd for this first event. And we said, okay, great. We'll we'll crunch the numbers and we'll help you out. Where's everybody, everybody going to park? And they said, well, that's the thing. We deliberately built the stadium and the parking area around it to encourage people to carpool and have, you know, four people in a vehicle instead of two people in a vehicle. And we kind of went, what? (laughs) This is going to be an interesting challenge because we don't want people parking on the side of Mountain View Corridor and maybe trying to um, walk across across mid block or something like that. So. Um, it, uh, it, it raised our, uh, piqued our curiosity and we said, okay, thanks for reaching out to us. We definitely want to be able to help. And it turned out that the event went off, um, perfectly well. There were no kind of travel delays or any kind of, uh, pedestrian safety issues in the area, but we, um, they, they reached out to us and we were really excited about that. So We think that in the future, as um, the UTA bus routes and tracks lines and uh, front runner um, routes and service times expand, 
um, as we have more successes and as, as we have more deployments with connected and autonomous vehicles, that the landscape will be changing and um, we'll have the ability to influence driver behavior well into the future in a positive way and reduce crashes and get people to that special event safely and efficiently. That's awesome. And that's that's our goal here at UDOT. We're going to keep pushing for it and, and we're excited for it. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is exciting. This is fun. If you have any suggestions, always send them over to us, beyondthebarrels at utah.gov. And just like Lisa said, buckle up, put your cell phones down, um, just be safe out there, guys. And as Carlos would say, it's you that keeps Utah. It's you that keeps Utah moving. Thanks, guys.